Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome to the show, everyone. Hope you're having a great day today and a cooler day today, but also I hope you're not in one of these terrible areas from the storms. I know we went through that right here in Pittsburgh, but today in Pittsburgh we have a sunshiny, nice day, and we value those sunshiny, nice days because we don't have them all the time. We're sort of like Seattle when it comes to the weather, but hey, things could be not worse because I love Pittsburgh. Love Pittsburgh. I'm a hardcore Pittsburgher. Um, so, interesting because our guest today is from Pittsburgh. But first, I have to have a special shout out to Yoshiko Dart, my good friend Yoshiko. Hope you are doing well. I also have to thank our sponsors. Hi, Mark <clears throat> is our lead sponsor. David Holmberg, thank you. Such a great CEO he is. And this is the company that supported me from the beginning of Bender Consulting Services all the way back to 1995. And in addition, we have other sponsors, Covestro and AudioEye. Thank you very much for sponsoring the show. Uh, but as you all know, we also have listeners around the world. So, I want to thank my listeners in Ireland, Japan, and Sweden. Wow, I can't believe what a following we have there. So, uh, know this. really means a lot to me. More importantly, to people with disabilities throughout the world. But today, our guest is right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Carlos Carter is the executive director of the Homeless Children's Education Fund, and it is a pleasure to have him as our guest. Carlos, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joyce, and thanks for having me. Of course. So, Carlos, how about if we start by you sharing with our listeners across the United States, what is the Homeless Children's Education Fund, and how did you become involved? Okay, uh, about the Homeless Children's Education Fund. Uh, the Homeless Children's Education Fund is an organization uh, that is dedicated to advancing uh, the education of children and youth experiencing homelessness. Uh, you know, we guide them to be, to be productive, empowered citizens. We are a national model for addressing the educational needs of unstably housed children and youth. We also lead a collaborative effort among regional partners by providing educational programs and services in Allegheny County. Uh, we're advocating for policy and system improvement. Uh, and we, we mainly work with 27 uh, homeless shelters to provide educational programs to support um, children. Uh, and, and we do that in a number of ways that we'll probably go into later. But how I got involved is basically I met Scott Lammy uh, from UPMC Health Plan. And he told me about the opportunity, and it just seemed like a good fit. Uh, and here I am today. And it's a wonderful program, and uh, we're so lucky to have you, Carlos. I'll tell you, uh, many people listening to the show know that there are many people with disabilities homeless. However, people do not realize how many children are homeless, because when I tell them about the Homeless Children's Education Fund, many people will say to me, what do you mean? I never see these homeless uh, children, what are you talking about? Uh, but they will be surprised to know as we talk how large that percentage is. As a matter of fact, Carlos, how about if you share with our listeners the number of children homeless in the United States and then in Allegheny County? Well, in the United States, one in every 45 children uh, uh, is homeless, but uh, in Pittsburgh and Allegheny County, there are over 3,000 children who have unidentified as homeless. Uh, 24,000 uh, in the state have, and uh, so we work with people in all the 43 school districts uh, have children that are affected by this. I, I think a lot of people don't understand that, and we're going to talk about it first, but I want to talk about one of my closest friends and champions, and I just saw him this Saturday at the Epilepsy Walk here in Pittsburgh. I love him. I love Dr. Joe, Joe Lagana. Um, he, he is just the best of the best. And, Carlos, um, 
how about if you tell everyone how he came to be involved and how, through his life, HCEF happened? Okay, basically, uh, HCEF uh, began uh, at Dr. Gona's retirement party in 1999. Uh, Joe wanted no gifts. Uh, he accepted no monetary contributions, but everything that he received, I think he collected about $7,000 he deposited in the name of Homeless Children's Education Fund. Uh, he was retiring from the Allegheny Intermediate Unit, which basically is a specialized unit to help support the various school districts uh, here in Allegheny uh, County. Um, but he just wanted to create, I think, a better outcome and a better experience for children uh, in shelters because before shelters were more prison-like environments. So just imagine, you know, you have 15 minutes to grab everything that you have. If it's an abusive situation, you end up in a shelter. Um, it can be a stark environment for a child. So where does he do his homework? Uh, you know, there's a lot of barriers. So Dr. Ghana and other founders created um, learning centers in the shelters, uh, which are great educational spaces where children can do fun things but also learn, you know, build relationships, and the list goes on and on. Yes, he is quite a, quite a man. I, I always say, you know, one person can make a difference. Here is one person uh, who has made a tremendous difference, not just right here in Pittsburgh, but it has this, this story about the Homeless Children's Education Fund has been told so many times to so many people um, that it's, un- it's amazing. But anyway, um, okay, here we have a listener uh, from Dallas, Texas. Uh, Carlos, thank you so much for what you're doing. Uh, my question is, what type of impact did this have on you when you saw how many children in the United States were homeless? Well, for me, you know, definitely it, it touches me deeply because even, you know, one point in our life we were homeless, I didn't realize it because our house burned down so we didn't have anywhere to go. So, you know, so for me it's very personal and, you know, I've always been passionate, you know, about children uh, that are underserved and in need. So it definitely you know, it touches my heart, but it also wants me to move into action and create programming that will change the trajectory for these students. So to go from a grim situation to a great situation, and, and that's what we're providing resources and advocacy to, to accomplish this for them. Um, okay, and here we got Terry from uh, Columbus, Ohio. Um, Carlos, do you find with children who are homeless is there a greater greater percentage who are minorities? Uh, yes, yes, that's a great question. Um, you think that my, a lot of minorities are disproportionately affected by poverty, so it goes hand in hand with homelessness. So definitely, you know, a lot of the youth we serve are um, of the African American uh, minority, primarily in Pittsburgh, but there are other uh, minorities. But uh, basically, it's the more disadvantaged populations here here in Pittsburgh specifically. Uh, it's probably, I would say it's probably like that, you know, across the United States. Why? Because poverty and homelessness go hand in hand. So that would make me think that, uh, that that is the case elsewhere. But maybe we can talk about that by talking about homelessness. Because I, I think when people think of that, they just think of people who are on the streets or living under the bridge. But it's really more involved with that. Uh, Carlos, could you describe what homelessness is to our listeners? Exactly. I'm going to give you the McKinney-Mento definition of homelessness because it's more comprehensive and that's what we focus on. And it's defined as individuals who lack a regular, fixed, and adequate nighttime residence. Uh, This includes individuals who are living doubled up with relatives, sleeping in cars, living on streets, or staying in motels. So it's not just people on streets, it's people that are in very unstable uh, situations. So if you went from relative to relative... That's still homeless. Now, if you didn't absolutely, have your own home and you I'm went sorry. from, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely, because a lot of times people think that every time someone's doubled up is a good situation, living relative. Sometimes you're there and you're not wanted. You know, I attended a conference recently where homeless youth were talking about people didn't want them, and so that creates additional pressure on you. And even the graduation rates for doubled up students are around 49 or 40 percent, which is a lot lower than people that are in shelters, stably housed, about 68 to 59 percent. So there are true, uh, you know, negative ramifications to that in a lot of these situations. They fare worse than people are actually in a shelter. I know shocking probably. And and some people even off and on uh, live in 
uh, a very inexpensive motel for a few days. Isn't that true? That is true. That is true. I so mean, you know, how it's long just... can you keep that up for? Right, because you don't have money, so you can't exactly. keep it up very long. Um, and, you know, just as you said, the impact that that has on a child uh, and the child's life and the perception of them has to have a tremendous impact on their self-esteem. Oh, definitely. And it's funny, you know, when I was at the conference in Orlando through NACI, uh, and a lot of these students that were speaking, I listened to student voices, about 60 or more students who were successful academically, but they, many of them were so broken um, and just a pain and abuse and, you know, feeling felt by the system. And there's a lot of shame around it. And that's what we're trying to do to let people know that, you know, Homelessness is an, is an identity. You know, it can be a state, but you can move beyond that, that, you know, you're more than just a label, and you don't need to be, to be, def to be defined by homelessness. And so people that are uh, children that are homeless would not want people to know, but probably their parents feel the same way, right? Exactly. A lot of people fulfill shame, and so a lot of times it's like we're helping people who need help but who don't want to be found. You know, students are mortified, uh, you know, when a teacher or someone discloses their housing status. I mean, they're very fearful of that. And especially, you know, uh, young kids and teenagers, especially when you're self-conscious, that people feel a lot of shame around that. And so our job is to let people know that they do not, to be, do not need to be ashamed and also to educate uh, others uh, in how to deal with homeless people because they're just people just like the rest of us and, and they're worthy of respect and dignity, most importantly, just like people with disabilities. So, folks listening, you know, homelessness, period, is terrible. It's terrible. A child homeless is even more terrible to me. And this organization can't make a difference without help from you. Uh, Carlos, what is your uh, website? Our website is uh, www.homelessfund.org. Homelessfund. Dot org. So, if you have time, if you have, uh, if you're looking for an organization to make a contribution to, I always tell people it doesn't matter how how small it is, because just think, how much will we have if one million people gave any organization one dollar? So, you know, whatever the amount is, if you can make a contribution, what is that website again? Uh, w www.homelessfund.org homelessfund.org and with that we're going to go to break if you just joined us we're talking to Carlos Carlos Carter the executive director of the Homeless Children's Education Fund this is Joyce Bender America's Voice where disability matters at voiceamerica Com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Carlos. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Hi, I'm Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars. I'm here to talk to you about the Epilepsy Foundation. 
I had bad seizures until I was a teenager. I thought I wouldn't have a chance to grow up, but I dared to think differently. My epilepsy taught me to be a fighter. When I said I wanted to make a TV series about my pawn shop, people thought I was nuts. But I dared to defy the odds, and Pawn Stars was born. If you have epilepsy, dare to live your fullest potential. The Epilepsy Foundation will help you dare. Visit epilepsy.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back everyone. If you just joined us, we're talking to Carlos Carter, the executive director of the Homeless Children's Education Fund. I have to take a moment for my friends in South Korea. Uh, as my listeners know, a year ago, the U.S. State Department was looking for an expert on the employment of people with disabilities. It was a request that came from the embassy in South Korea. And I was so honored to represent the United States and go there uh, for a week. Well, they wanted me to come back. So the U.S. State Department, uh, I will be speaking at a conference, uh, is sending me back, and I'm actually leaving this Saturday. So all of my friends to follow this show, I will be looking forward to seeing you. And uh, getting back to what we're talking about, homelessness is everywhere, everywhere in the world. Sadly, it's everywhere. But we're focusing right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, on what we can do to make a change. Uh, We have a question here from Cindy in Wichita. And that is, would you mind sharing with me the average age of children, a child who is homeless? Well, I probably should know that, but I don't know. But I'll know that there are too many. <laughs> the ages could certainly vary because anybody could be homeless. So, you know, a lot of times it's, it's connected with the parent situation. So parents can be affected at any age, and so could the kids. So I don't know if there's an good, average Good age, answer, but. because you know what? Somehow I don't know that a survey would ever be done about that. I know, I think the average age in Allegheny County was 11, I think. I think it was around 11. Uh, But, you know, this changes all the time. Actually, I like Carlos's answer the best. Too many. Isn't that the truth? There is no number (laughs) that's too small. Any child that's homeless, it is too many children. It could be a baby. Um, I mean, if a mom parent with a baby, there's parents with babies in a shelter. So, and that, that's too young. Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right, well, I'm going to tell you, when I asked for money for the Homeless Children's Education Fund, I mentioned it earlier, but this is what a lot, lot of people say to me. How can there be that many children homeless? I never see them. You don't see homeless children out there. Uh, and what do you respond? How, what do you say to that? Well, I'll say it's not always easy to identify uh, teenage homeless youth on the streets uh, through typical accounts of unsheltered uh, people being homeless. A lot of times they're not involved because they're not in the shelters. Uh, Homeless youth are less likely to spend time in the same place as homeless people who are older than them. People don't know that. Uh, They are often less willing to disclose that they are experiencing homelessness. We talked about that before, the shame. And they also work harder, you know, to blend in according to the National Alliance in Homelessness. You know, other instances of homelessness, such as living in motels, uh, with family members are even harder to identify. So it's not easy, but they are there, uh, and, and they need us. I'll give you an example of that, and I know you're familiar with this, Carlos. When Dr. Okay. Joe told me that there were children that lived up in the uh, hills in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, right behind where in downtown Pittsburgh where the bridge is, and had like little camps up there, I was absolutely shocked. He found a pregnant person up there as well, a pregnant youth, when he went up there. Are you all listening to this? I'm meaning when you go through downtown Pittsburgh and you go across one of the bridges, you know, and you see, of course, uh, the hillside on the other side of the road. Well, 
way back, some of these places, there are camps of kids who are homeless. They actually have camps, uh, and they live up there, and, and that just fits what Carlos is saying. They're not seen. But then they come into this city, blending in to either get food or whatever it is that they're doing. Uh, and what Carlos is talking about is one time, I- I'm thinking Dr. Joe took the mayor or the county executive, someone with him to see this, and there was someone up there that was pregnant. I think it might have been Dr. Withers who actually took him up there, I believe. I'm not sure, but someone uh, took him up there. You're absolutely right, and they were pregnant. Um. Now, how do they survive doing this? I think people just do the best they can, you know, um, you know, make money the best way they can. Unfortunately, sometimes young people get involved in sex trafficking and things of that nature. Um, you know, sometimes people involved, get involved in other activities, sometimes criminal activities. Uh, just, I think people just find a way to, to get their basic needs met, and it's not always pretty. Yeah, right. That's for sure. So, uh, Carlos, I know that you have a school supply drive uh, and the backpack program. How about if you talk about both of those for our listeners? Uh, yes, uh, our um, backpack program is so important uh, because, you know, when you don't have us, uh, imagine starting school and not having a pen or not having the basic things you need. Uh, you know, homeless youth already have a lot of stats that aren't against, against, that aren't working in their favor. They're two times more likely to have learning disabilities than non-homeless kids. They're four times more likely than their peers to show develop, to be uh, developmentally delayed. And for every move, uh, you know, they're put back, uh, you know, in school. And so uh, we want to remove this barrier. So uh, last year we provided over 2,000 book bags uh, to uh, homeless youth uh, throughout the city, and that is so important to help and to advance their education by giving them the tools necessary. And uh, having school supplies is definitely one of them, and we're very proud of that. And so uh, we had a lot of support. We have support this year from UPMC Health Plan, uh, the Richie Battles Foundation, also the Education Partnership also helped us, uh, you know, to get the backpacks at a more affordable rate. And we're actually excited to be able to add, uh, you know, hygiene products, which is important for this group as well. So we're excited to be able to do that. And, again, we really thank, uh, you know, UPMC Health Plan, Richie Battles Foundation, and the Educational Partnership and our other supporters. Uh, I know Cinemark has supported us as well over the years on that, and we're just thankful for everybody. Yeah, and you know about that. If you have uh, a backpack, that also dissuades the idea that you have, uh, that you're homeless. You know, because everyone has a backpack. Mm-hmm. So if you don't, you, sort, you stand out. Uh, and, and I think that is unbelievable um, how, how you do that. Is that connected then to that school supply drive? Uh, yes. Um, before, we would always like get receive donations, um, but now through our partners, we're leveraging the donations that we receive to actually buy them. And the reason why that is important is because sometimes we need to make sure the kids have the best quality because sometimes people will give things they may break. Of course, the people are well-intentioned, but we want to make sure we ensure the quality. And so that's why we've been purchasing them ourselves uh, to make sure uh, that they have that quality because that could be devastating when their backpack breaks, you know, and they're not able to get another one. Okay, hold on here. Okay. Um, All right, Joan. Joan in Pittsburgh. Okay. Uh, Carlos, Carlos, my question is, how many of the children you work with are children that have some type of disability or some type of illness when you meet them? Well, I don't always uh, deal with the people directly, young people uh, directly, but I mentioned a stat that they're two times more likely to have learning disabilities. So, um, you know, that would make one think that there's a high percentage that have different issues around uh, disability. Uh, So it has to be high, but unfortunately I don't know that stat. Have you um, met very many of these children, Carlos? I have not met a lot of them because uh, in a shelter it's like to be very careful, you know, because um, you, know, you have to respect people's dignity. But I have met some, and like, I've gone to learning centers and seen some of the kids in there, and I've met some of the young people uh, from our team program. And, and these people are remarkably uh, resilient, and they just inspire me uh, just so much to see them overcome so many challenges and still have a smile on their face or to still be successful, you know, and, and that makes our job so rewarding. Here, here in uh, 
Pittsburgh. Now, your uh, organization, are you just supporting the shelters? I mean, like, where are these shelters? Are they throughout the city of Pittsburgh where the children are? And if so, how, how do you meet them? How does that work? Right. There are 27 shelters. So, again, we're big on collaboration and partnerships. So we don't focus on the housing piece. We focus on the education piece. So we support the people at the shelter. So they're already um, there. And in our team program, you know, a lot of the teens aren't in the shelter. So we're partnering with the Pittsburgh Public Schools to uh, reach the 600, uh, some of the 600 uh, homeless youth there. Uh, and so we do have more direct contact with them. But we have, uh, you know, teachers who work with us, et cetera. But, again, we don't focus on housing. We focus on the educational piece and, uh, you know, referring people that we meet to the right services but uh, right i don't know if that answers your question yes it does and the children that you work with are they're all different ages or is there like a cutoff age i think they're all different ages i mean technically it could be anyone up to 24 um now you could stand in shelter up to 24 so anyone up to up to 24 but it's mainly younger children and, and the teenagers are primarily our sweet spot that we that we deal with. And, and I'm excited to be able to reach the teenagers now because before the teenagers weren't in a shelter. Typically, uh, I think any kid after 13 wouldn't uh, stay in a, sh- a shelter, as I mentioned earlier. A lot of times, they don't feel comfortable being around older people, and for other different reasons, they couch surf, meaning moving from place to place. And so, our ability to reach them now is great, and actually to get those young people on a path to college through a ro- to, to college on a roadmap uh, program. I'm really excited uh, about that program. So um, a lot of children or their families with their mother live in vehicles and different things of this nature? Exactly. They could live there or they could be in a shelter or, again, they could be in a doubled-up uh, situation. But at the end of the day, they're in a very unstable situation. And, you know, through that comes depression, low self-esteem, um, you know, you know, being subject to sexual abuse and violence. So, again, the most vulnerable of society, right, we talked about people in poverty are always uh, disproportionately impacted by a lot of negative things, unfortunately. And that would be why people would not want, that's why people would not also want people to know where they are. Exactly. Because this includes people that, as you said, have been victims of sexual assault or domestic violence. Uh, So uh, I can see why they would want to keep all of this secure. But once again, Homeless Children's Education Fund, you want to make a contribution, go to the website. And once they go to your website, Carlos, then where do they go if they want to make a donation? Um, At the top, they can click on, on Donate. And if they want to designate that, I'd like people to designate to our team program, our new program, if they, if they desire. If not, they don't have to. But just go to our website, www.homelessfund.org, at the top right corner, click on Donate, and you can follow the instructions there. It's pretty easy. What a great thing. A hey, everyone. If you just joined us right now, this is Carlos uh, Carter talking about the Homeless Children's Education Fund, and Carlos is their executive director. We're going to come back right after this break. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on disabilitymatters.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars. I'm here to talk to you about the Epilepsy Foundation. I had bad seizures until I was a teenager. I thought I wouldn't have a chance to grow up, but I dared to think differently. My epilepsy taught me to be a fighter. When I said I wanted to make a TV series about my pawn shop, people thought I was nuts. But I dared to defy the odds, and Pawn Stars was born. If you have epilepsy, dare to live your fullest potential. The Epilepsy Foundation will help you dare. Visit epilepsy.com. Since 1985... 
Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.vendorconsult.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back everyone. I hope you're enjoying the show. We are talking to Carlos Carter, the Executive Director of the Homeless Children's Education Fund. And I just found out something on break that really says a lot about this man. You can tell from listening to him, he is modest. He is not braggadocia. So, uh, and here's going to be an example. Um, Carlos, I think you did have direct contact with a child who was homeless that you helped. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Um, my wife and I took in a young lady. Uh, she lived with us for three months. We actually were going to keep her later, longer, so the parents want her back. But she was in a situation. Her parents were dealing with substance abuse issues, there was violence, or a lot of things that they weren't healthy. So uh, you know, we took her in and showed her love, and uh, you know, just tried to get her on on the right track. So um, you know, we didn't do it as part of the program. We just did it as people who who cared and wanted to make a difference. Yeah, and Carlos. You were talking about your wife. It seems that you have sort of have this in your fiber that you've always been doing things like that. Is that right? That is true. I think it's helping people is, is, a, is a lifestyle. It's not a program or necessarily a nonprofit. It can be just an individual who, who wants to make a positive impact, uh, you know, on others. Yep. You don't have to have uh, a degree as Martin Luther King Jr. said, to serve. Anyone can have that. And isn't that the truth? Anyone can. Easy to talk about it, but it's another thing doing it. That's why I always say there are people, in a heartbeat, they would give me money for the Epilepsy Foundation. But hire someone. You know, you've got to bring it in. You've got to make it real. That's where the rubber meets the road, right there when you do that. So, Carlos, I know you want to talk about this. How about telling our listeners about the enrichment program? Oh, absolutely. Um, basically, enrichment programs are hands-on learning activities that foster creativity and critical thinking skills. Um, ATF works with Pittsburgh's leading cultural, uh, artistic, and educational organizations to provide quality out-of-school time programs to children uh, who are facing experiencing homelessness. Uh, and we're just so excited about this. You know, just when you see um, the excitement on a kid's face. For example, I was in a shelter. There's a young lady uh, who was experiencing homelessness. She was about seven. I think her name was Kylie. And you know, she got off the school bus. She came in a, the shelter, and uh, we were in there. And uh, and uh, she was showing me that her flag that she made, and just a pride and excitement. Again, I don't know what her family situation was, but I know it wasn't good. But I could see the light beaming out of her as she showed me her flag. Oh. And how, when did that start? When did you start that? Uh, when did we start uh, the enrichment programs? Yes. Uh, I believe that was started about 19 years ago, um, uh, at least 15 years ago uh, from our, for the early years. And so when we created the learning centers, which are the educational spaces that have computers, et cetera, for, for, uh, for young people, um, we also provide this enrichment programs where we have like Andy Warhol, they do the arts and sciences, and uh, it's just great, you know, to help, again, I mentioned, to foster creativity and critical thinking skills um, in a youth. And more importantly, it builds self-esteem, a sense of community. They get to express themselves and get away from the stress of their homeless situation or, you know, what the parents are dealing with. Because a lot of times the parents are dealing with a lot of challenges and they're not able to connect with the kids, so it's an opportunity for them to connect uh, together. We even have like a mom and me program uh, within the shelter, ways to better connect the parents and the kids to do things together. You know, they may cook together or whatever, things like that. Uh, why I asked you that question, it seems just like that was part 
of the Homeless Children's Education Fund for as long as I can remember. I mean, really close to when it started, wouldn't you say? I'm not 100% sure, but I would say I know it's been there for a long time. Again, I've only been the organization uh, over nine months now, um, but as far as I know, it, it's always been there. But it started with the Learning Center, right, because they had to have a place to do that. Because um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the environment for children was more a stark prison-like environment than shelter, so we created a softer environment that's fun for the kids. And drums um, and arts and painting now uh, versus nothing. Kids would just stare at a TV for eight hours a day or not know what to do um, before we uh, existed. So that's why it's important that we continue uh, this work because it's about the kids getting excited about, excited about learning and helping to reverse some of the negative stats that I mentioned uh, earlier and to give them a chance to create hope through learning. That's, that's what we do. So sometimes people have to live it to understand it. Uh, how about you? What was your upbringing like, Carlos? Uh, my upbringing pretty much was pretty uh, basic. Uh, basically, I grew up in a single-family home. Uh, I didn't have a father. Unfortunately, he wasn't engaged. Um, and when I mentioned that we were homeless, our house burned down, we ended up moving in a housing project for like nine years. Um, but, you know, I definitely had a lot of love and support, but I went through, you know, many ch- challenges. I guess I didn't know it, but I was living in poverty, but having love is, is so important. But I believe my mother instilled a lot of good values, uh, you know, in us, uh, to be honest, to be kind, um, you know, uh, to stand up for yourself, to believe in yourself. So um, I had some structure to help me weather uh, some of the challenges to make me the man that I am today. Well, then you're a good role model of success, but you also get it. I mean, you understand uh, because you lived it. No, that, that is true, and I think it, it helps me have greater empathy for people. And I'm always talking to young people. I think I'm talking to kids from the county tomorrow about, um, you know, how to uh, create a movement. It's, it's, the title is You Can Make It If You Have a Plan, and I talk about the Carter Formula for Success, uh, you know, that, that I created. Uh, where, uh, if I can remember, I'll say basically it's a, a goal plus a plan uh, plus focus plus determination equals success, and I'm going into that and talk about success and failure. So, and I'm also, you know, talking to kids about financial literacy because you know I was a bank a banker for 18 years at Holy Family Academy. Um, you know, I talk about a lot of things. I talk to kids at CCAC about uh, reaching their potential. So, um, you know, I see myself as the most as a as a natural motivational speaker. I really enjoy motivating and empowering people to realize their potential, not just homeless people, but all people and all children. You know, I'm for humanity, but especially those that are least of these. Well, I, I, yes, yeah, the least of these. Yes, I know that verse well. Um, You know, uh, Carlos, I have a question. Actually, two different people asked me about this. Okay. Do you think people um, just, like, turn a blind eye and don't see this? Because, you know, obviously a lot of people aren't involved in trying to change this. Uh, I mean, do you think they just don't see it or they don't want to see it, or what do you think? I think some people don't know. As I mentioned earlier, you know, people are in shock. You know, uh, we do homeless installations. Basically, we did one in the market square. We had 80 kids, elementary kids, stand with pictures over their faces, and they say, listen, and have the banner uh, over 3,000 homeless kids, and people are blown away. People know their poverty. There's poverty, but they don't realize this, so how people are affected, especially kids, by this. So, yes, maybe some people turn a blind eye, but I think a lot of people don't know, and it's our job to educate them, and not only for them to feel bad, feel bad, but to feel empowered to be able to help to do something with that that pity or that sympathy, and, and turn it into support through volunteering or or giving to help affect positive change for these youth. That's what it's about. So. Just as I said before, when people can't believe it, when I tell them this, you're saying there are a lot of people that don't even know that there are so many they're children stunned. who people are homeless. No, they're stunned. I mean, when I tell most people, they're stunned. I know. I know from the reaction when I talk about it. Well, Carlos, I know that there has to be someone that had a big impact on you. Can you give us an example of a success story that really impacted you? Absolutely. I mean, there are many, but uh, one I'd really like to talk about is a young lady uh, from our team program. Her name is Monet. 
uh, she's in our team program, our roadmap project that puts youth experiencing homelessness on a path to college and careers. Uh, basically, her story in short, she was only 15 years old when her mom passed away. Uh, she and her younger brother were left alone in a home trying to put food on a table and make ends meet and eventually became too much for them. She began to struggle in school and experienced great despair. And at one point, you know, due to her brother smoking, she had a severe asthma attack and was hospitalized for four weeks and almost passed away herself. But the story doesn't end there. You know, with the help of uh, the Homeless Children's Education Fund and other community support, uh, Monet, Monet received tutoring support, encouragement, and housing. Uh, I want to report that she is now an honor student. Uh, and wow. in college in the fall, her story and resiliency deeply touches, you know, and inspires me. Her late mother's only wish was for her to attend college, and in August, she will grant that wish when she attends Carl University. You know, she is my hero, and her story exemplifies, you know, what we strive to do with and through our children is create hope through learning. And you met her how? How did you meet her? Well, we met her through our team program, uh, one of our... our uh, our contractor that works in uh, one of the, the local high schools. Uh, we met her through that, and we helped her right away as best we could, and she's just awesome. She's just a remarkable young lady. And uh, we were at the 412 Youth Zone, which is a drop-in center uh, for, for uh, youth experiencing homelessness here in Pittsburgh, and uh, we had some people from Louisville because uh, we did an exchange uh, with Louisville uh, organization. And uh, one lady, she was telling her a story, and a lady said to Monet, she said, Oh, honey, you're not, because Monet said, she said that she was a flower that grew out of concrete. And the lady said, oh, no, you're growing out of a beautiful botanical garden. I said, no, she isn't. She's exactly what she said. She's a flower growing out of concrete. She's been able to bloom in a place where you wouldn't expect to find beauty or a flower. And so she is a flower that has grown out of concrete. Wow, that is such a great story. And also, uh, well, we have her in our annual report. She's featured in there. Wow, I am so proud of her. I oh, mean, she's, she's kudos amazing, to her. She's amazing young lady. She's you know, that takes great strength. Her to speak. Oh, yes, that, amazing. I, I think about... her smiling and having down at the angel, you know, that, that she left behind. Oh, my God, that is so powerful. What a powerful story that is. And if you want to help Carlos and the work he's doing, you can make a contribution today. Uh, homelessfund.org, is that it? No, hold on. Yeah, homelessfund.org, that's correct. That is correct. Yeah, okay. Make a contribution. Go to the website. Go to donate, and you can make a contribution today. Um, and it's worth it, and it will make a difference. If you just joined us and you're thinking, oh, I wish some another friend of mine had heard this show, I want to tell you all these shows are archived on my website at benderconsult.com, and they are, they are at voiceamerica.com, and they can be downloaded through iTunes. So you can always hear this show. But right now, before that we close the show, we're going to go to our last break. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be back with Carlos. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars. I'm here to talk to you about the Epilepsy Foundation. I had bad seizures until I was a teenager. I thought I wouldn't have a chance to grow up but I dared to think differently. My epilepsy taught me to be a fighter. When I said I wanted to make a TV series about my pawn shop, people thought I was nuts. But I dared to defy the odds, and Pawn Stars was born. If you have epilepsy, dare to live your fullest potential. The Epilepsy Foundation will help you dare. Visit epilepsy.com. Since 1985... 
Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Our guest today has been wonderful, Carlos Carter. He is the executive director of the Homeless Children's Education Fund, and I just want to say what a wonderful young man he is because uh, he pays it forward. He cares, and that is my kind of person. So, Carlos, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. I appreciate your, you know, giving us this platform to to advocate for youth experience and homelessness. I'm thankful for that. Well, you have already done so much. I mean, you have accomplished so much in your life. What what would you consider to be your greatest accomplishment? Well, Joyce, you know, that is a great question uh, that I've never really reflected upon. You know, I believe that one of my biggest accomplishments is overcoming fatherlessness poverty and other challenges to come out whole in the end, you know, realizing my purpose and potential, which I believe has said my purpose is to empower others to realize their potential. However, my greatest accomplishment is raising three awesome sons who are great human beings, not to mention being married to an amazing wife. I think those are some of my, my great accomplishments and uh, part of my legacy. Your, your family. Well, what yeah. do you hope your legacy is? Well, my legacy, I think, is evolving now, right, is is just to empower people and to empower people to realize their potential so to let people know, no matter what their situation, that that they can be successful and and fulfill their purpose. So that's for homeless youth or for my family. I just want to leave a message and help people to, to accomplish their dreams and their purpose. And I think when people find their purpose and fulfill that, the world changes. Yes. Yes, it does. And you know what? Uh, you were obviously impacted very much in your family. So who, who has been the role model that impacted you the most? I would have to say, I would have to say my mom uh, and my family and then a teacher uh, named Mrs. Tolliver in my high school who really both pushed me to, to not settle for less but to be the best I can be. You know, my mother always said, if you're a garbage man, be the best garbage man you can be. You know, uh, you know whatever you do, to do it with your might. And, and that's kind of the motto. And do it with integrity. You know, te- integrity never goes out of style. Um, and so, um, and, you know, just to be authentic and to be real and, and to help others. And, um, you know, I think those are things that, that I've learned. How, how about your teacher? Tell me about your teacher. Uh, she's also, actually, she lives in Jerusalem, so... If, right now. So if you're in Jerusalem, I want to give a shout out to Mrs. Brenda Tolliver. She's just amazing. Uh, you know, she just challenged me again to, to be the best that I can be to set goals for myself and to accomplish those goals and, uh, you know, just to, to do everything well. She was an English teacher, so not only how I write and speak, but just everything. To be proud and, and to be committed to excellence in all that you do, you know, not to half-step. And those are some of the same messages that I received at home. And so I thank them for that. And recently I was able to connect with her when she came from Jerusalem. I took her to dinner and then other students heard about this amazing teacher and they, we all took her to to uh, the Sofa restaurant uh, uh, to Carmi on the north side and she, she had 20 students from like 20 plus years ago meeting her because this lady is amazing and what she's done for all of us. Wow. I can't imagine what that meant to her. It meant a lot to her. She always said I was her best student ever. She always told me that and I appreciate that. <laughs> you were the favorite. Yes, but we didn't start off that way. We started off in conflict, but she earned my respect. So we didn't start off the right way, but then we started off, uh, and we just connected ever since. So, 
I appreciate what she not only did for me, but also to others. And, you know, especially I went to Perry uh, Traditional Academy at the time, and uh, there wasn't a lot of literature, African-American literature, and she brought that to both white and black students because our school was about 50-50 white and black. So I like that she did that over 20 years ago. That was a big deal to have African-American literature as well as traditional literature and Shakespeare and all that, but she brought that uh, to us. So she definitely uh, was a trailblazer and, and game changer. Uh, for us, for everyone, black and you know, and you know what, Carlos? Here's what's uh, also amazing: is that teachers have no idea the impact they can have on someone's life. Exactly, and, and, and it's not just teachers; it's all of us, right? Like I tell people, I talked to some um, some teachers, or I'm sorry, counselors, recently at Pittsburgh Public Schools last week, and I said. You can be that rock that falls into the lake that creates a ripple that goes all around a lake. So by doing something to one person, you affect the life. So even us, if you say one word to somebody, encourage somebody, we all have the power to, to change lives. And one thing a lot of these homeless kids said, they want somebody to, to say that they care about them, to show they care about them. So by doing that and taking that time that not only teaches, but we're all teachers. We're all teaching, by, not by just what we say, but what we do. What we do is the biggest lesson. And you know... What, we, what is really would be wonderful is if some of these children who are homeless would not only, you know, succeed and get a job, but then end up being the mentor to uh, young, young people at, that you work with. We, we actually have that going on now. You know, uh, we have uh, some group of uh, kids that have finished college that are actually helping some of our teens. So we're actually doing that now. And I know Monet and others, they, they want to, to do that. You know, these are people that they get it, you know, that have experienced this and want to care. So I think most are more than willing uh, to do that and are currently doing that. Because how powerful that is. And that is wonderful, too. I really love uh, this organization, and I hope all of you will check into the Homeless Children's Education Fund. As you all know, I've had senators, I've had people from the Obama administration, from the Bush administration, uh, CEOs, you know, NFL stars on this show, but I always include a Pittsburgh person or organization because, after all, that is my home, Homeless Children's Education Fund, Carlos Carter, Executive Director. Before we end the show, Carlos, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Okay, I want them to see youth and people experiencing homelessness as real people, just like everyone else. They have hopes and dreams. They like to use social media. They like to laugh. They like to have fun and do normal activities. When we overcome labels, we are better equipped to connect with each other as individuals at a humanistic level. I want them to support our new team program that is helping youth like Monet to break the cycle of homelessness through education. They can support us by going to our website, www.homelessfund.org, click Donate and indicate our team program in a donation. And finally, and most importantly, I want them to know that we are about changing lives, empowering youth experiencing homelessness to succeed. You know, we want them to know that they are winners and, and can accomplish their dreams and become contributing members of society. We are here to help create hopefully learning for people who otherwise may not have a chance, and we cannot do that great work without your support. And, Joyce, I also want to be remiss not to thank you uh, for your uh, support of our organization on our board over the years and for giving us a platform uh, to create awareness and, and, and rally support for youth experiencing homelessness, and I thank you for that. And it is my honor. Uh, and, Carlos, thank you very much for being with us today. I end every show with a quote, and you are not going to believe what I have here ready to say today. Uh -oh. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You don't need to know the second theory of thermodynamics in physics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love, and you can be that servant, said Martin Luther King, Jr. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you all next week.
Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.